Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Extra Sauce Podcast. It's my fancy sauce. I want some fancy sauce. Yeah. Not done using it. With the czar of sauces, Greg Hill. Welcome to episode two of Extra Sauce, the podcast in which we examine which particular topics from the previous week's Hillman Morning Show may need a little extra sauce. And coming up on this second episode, we will talk with Marty Burlesworth, who is the subject of a film along with his brother Brandon, which is called Greater. It's a football movie that I legitimately added to my list of all-time favorite football films that are based on true stories. And and uh, Marty will join us shortly, talk about that movie greater. And later on, we'll get a little radio gold extra sauce from a dad who has a unique way of describing a sexual position. But right now, appearing for the first time on Extra Sauce, I would like to welcome our news lady, Dean Donna, to the uh, to the Extra Sauce studio. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. And, it's a and, pleasure uh, to be invited to take part in this monumentous, whatever we're calling it. Well, it's it's a monumentous podcast. That's <laughs> a, that's all. We is that because you're heavy? Uh, probably. Okay. Probably, and and uh, Shu, of course, is is also here, and and, uh, and I am actually heavy, and he is actually yeah. he's he's. Uh, What's the song? He's he's not heavy. He's, he's my, my brother. He's my oh, brother. Yes. Yeah. Why not both? Now, we're going to talk. We're going to get. We I, I had a lot of texters and, and a lot of tweeters who asked that we get a little extra sauce on the day without women. Yes. Which which was Wednesday. And so I thought it would be appropriate. They wanted you to come on and join us on the podcast. Since... Oh, because I have a vagina. Right. That's, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. that's nice. Right. Sure. Because you yeah, are Just because I'm a woman, you right. want me to talk about women's issues. Now, listen, during this segment, would you be more comfortable if you were sitting on daddy's lap or would you prefer to Would you prefer to be over there? It's that kind of nonsense rhetoric that's coming out of mouths of men all over the place that's due to Trump. Right. Is, is that what it is? No, it's not. Um, so, that's just you being creepy and you have been the whole time I'm, I've worked with I'm, you. Yeah, I'm a, that's my thing. Yeah. I'm a creepy as I my thing. I signed up for it. Now, would I be creepy if I was 32 and jacked and, and like I had, you know, strawberry blonde hair and, mm-hmm. and uh, no you know. Glasses. and and same amount of money and 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 i didn't wear glasses i then i'd be i'd be a smoke show i'd be like a male smoke show yeah i mean i don't know if you could use the daddy thing it doesn't really translate with a younger guy but you'd probably get away with a lot more because that is the unfair standard that exists in our society you could you you could call her anything you wanted if you were if you were one of the not that you aren't great if you're one of the beautiful people yeah 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 i mean we've talked about it before the beautiful people get away with a lot oh (laughs) yes they do i used to before i got heavy the rest of us Ugmos just yeah. have to trudge our way through life 
Yeah. You know, working and and uh, and taking care of our families and the rest of that nonsense. We're like the bumper sticker on the back of a Prius. Coexist. Uh, Coexist. Uh. Co- so anyway, <laughs> there's a lovely woman who listens to our show. Her name is Dana. And she called on Thursday and she felt that I had disrespected the entire women's movement. And in fact, the way in which I was talking about the day without women was dismissive and that that uh, that that as a as a guy who has a voice uh, although I haven't really had one for the last week or so but as a guy <laughs> I, I have we'll a pretend. Na- I have a nasally voice yeah. that that I had missed an opportunity. So I want to listen to a little bit of what Dana said right now on extra sauce and and then I want to get the female opinion from a woman who speaks for all of them and all of us Danielle in just a second. But this is Dana who called the show on Thursday. Let's let's solve this like two rational human beings. What what's <laughs> okay. a, tell, tell me what I've done to upset you? Well, it's not so much what you've done to upset me, but I I feel that um, men who are in a position like you, or your support of the women's movement would be so impactful. So you know, I tuned into the radio, and I really enjoyed the show. After I got rid of Sirius years ago, I tuned into your show as you know my go-to, and it's disheartening and disappointing when I hear you know, tones of voice used or, you know, men who go out to support, like I believe today was a gentleman who was going out to support his, the women's movement in the day without a women. And I believe he was referred to as P-Whip. Um, uh, that, so, I, that, uh, I think you know, that was, um, that was Shu who said that. Well, listen, here's, so, there's, hold, it's important to be accountable for that stuff and understand the impact that it has on people who are not as, educated or exposed to powerful women. All right. So you work with me every day. You have to. Yeah. I like to pay my mortgage, so I'm kind of stuck uh, with it. Uh, do you think that that we missed an opportunity on the day without women? Or do you believe that the day without women missed its mark? Because all I heard from women who were calling our show was that they weren't participating. They, they wanted to go to work. They like their job. They like their guy. I think it's both. Um, you know, we we have a certain tone on the show that I think people sometimes miss at times. Yeah. Um, we, we try to have fun and we try to be funny. And when we approach serious topics, we try to take that same lean. Now, at the risk of jeopardizing my position on this show, Greg, I'll tell you, you do have a dismissive tone when we talk about this stuff sometimes. But I think... Wait, that's not in the script. We uh, weren't well, going to... Didn't, you didn't uh, have shoe print off enough uh, pages, uh, okay. so I, I have to ad-lib here. Right. Um, but I think part of it is just because of the fact that I don't think this was a well-organized mission. Like, for instance, Day Without an Immigrant was trying to showcase what life would be like without immigrants because there is the possibility of people actually being deported from the country. So Day Without Women tried to um, piggyback on that by essentially doing the same thing and saying, hey, we're really important. Look what happens when we're not here. But the reality is, even though there's inequality in the workplace in some places, even though the wage gap still exists, at least in my opinion, women are independent and they have jobs. They support families. They support households. It's not realistic to say, hey, I'm just not going to go to work because a lot of employers won't support that kind of a thing. And I think the problem was there was no real call to action with the movement. Look back on things that have been successful in the past that have relied on social media, okay? It's, we'll take something like, remember Coney 2012? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. everybody was posting about how outrageous, 
I challenge you to find somebody who could tell me three facts about Coney today in 2017. I, I thought the guy was uh, like an artist that Sting had discovered, right? In uh, in Uganda or <laughs> yeah. something, and that they were doing they were going to be doing a video together. I had no but it, idea. But he was, I was a horrible dictator, child mongering, whatever. And was, uh, you know that whole thing was about slacktivism. Slacktivism is when you post something about how outrageous something else is, but you don't do anything. Correct. About it. Correct. And you look at something like the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Yeah. That was so successful. Not only because there was a call to action to do something with the videos, but also because if you didn't do something, if you didn't want to do the ice bucket challenge, you had to donate a hundred bucks, right? Yeah. So it was pouring, it was pushing something in a certain direction. The day without women didn't really have, as far as I'm aware, a cohesive backup. People didn't know if they were not supposed to shop at all or only shop at women-owned businesses. I think if there were a bigger thing that said, "Hey, yeah." It's a day without women, but here's here's what you need to do beyond this. Like, call a legislator, do this, do that. He, so, suggest what, some actions to take because what, people didn't really know what to do. So what should it have been? It should have been a day without sex. A day without sex. Because that's the a, only thing that would have gotten men's attention. A day without pussy. Yeah. Is what, yes. It yes. Should have, I, agree, oh, I, sir, I agree with you. Sir. I, we're, it's a Just podcast. We're on I, can the say, internet, I can my say God. Any, I can say anything I want. <laughs> I can say anything I want in my podcast. That's true. Um. So women should have held out sure. and said, until y- you respect us and you are willing to give us more money in the workplace. Yeah. We're not and, having any sex with you. And That's when, it. When, you can use your right hand, your left hand, whatever, yeah. whatever, divide, grab warm grapefruit if you want. Yeah. Um, you make, make sure I, you don't have any cuts. I think you make a pretty good point. Next year, it should be a day without sex. Uh, uh, I just have a question. What made those first, those first uh, days after Trump was elected, what made those- protests or those gatherings so successful there were millions of women that showed mm-hmm. up in cities all over the world and this on a one saturday just... it was a oh, saturday so nobody think... had to work oh nobody, okay nobody saturday. had to work yeah now right. would um or a sunday it was over the weekend right okay now would a day without sex be better on a friday or a saturday <laughs> or what, what is it what's i think the, let's <laughs> see i mean realistically if you're yeah. getting i feel like you know i i think i'd have to look back and see when people are having the most sex based on those surveys that we do from time to yeah. time on the show but yeah. i any day i feel like would work because men are very simple creatures we are you feed them yeah you water them yeah you pet them once in a while yeah and you play and with their you, business and and, and then you get and, on top of them and you right. and you ride them and, and they're it's, happy yeah, and they, they yeah. sleep contentedly throughout the night yeah and that's it so All i right. think that it, it, you know if we if we're going to do anything like that we've got to resist i'm also proposing a couple other days um one of them uh, is very appropriate for our state. I, I'm proposing a day without bad drivers. So oh. I want. Um, a, You'll just have to move to the Midwest. Uh, no, Greg. no, and and I'm proposing a day without rude uh, retail uh, oh, uh, customers. I uh, like that's that. one of the things I'm proposing. Um, also, a day without food posts on uh, social no. platforms. No. no. Yes. Chill. I, can't, I, I have to. It, I have a sickness. I have to yeah. do that. And a day without selfies, I think, also. Just one other thing on a day without sex. If we look back in history, we can see a time where it worked, at least anecdotally, uh, Lysistrata, which was by Aristophanes, which was a great um, uh, written piece. The women effectively ended the Peloponnesian War by refusing to have sex with their men, who were the soldiers. Really? So unless the men stopped fighting, they wouldn't have sex with them. You're way too smart for our show and for this podcast. I'm actually happy to be here because I can say something like that and not have LB jump in and tell me I'm an (laughs) a-hole. How can I bang Lysistrata back in Nipple in Saskatchewan? Uh, uh, So, yeah. So it's worked before. Yeah. 
and your proposal for the next women's women's movement mm-hmm. is a day without sex. Never mind Hit a day where it without hurts, women. Man. Yeah, pussy right. is powerful. Well, I'm glad you came by. Thank you for having me. Thank you for stopping by, and I left a list of things for you to do for me in the office if you Sounds could get good. if you could get over there and take care of <laughs> All those. All right, I get your list I, right here. I, oh, you do. All right. Um, that's Danielle, who's our news director. See, we gave her a title of news director. Shoe. She's not happy with the title. I mean, I, I, that seems like equality. I don't have a title. I'm like the, my title is host or whatever. Yeah. That's not good enough. That's not what we call you. I was going to say I've heard titles. <laughs> I've heard phrases. <laughs> I've heard a lot of things about you. All right. Thank you very much for joining us on Extra Sauce. Thank you. He may be the best NFL player I had never heard of. And the story of Brandon Burlesworth is one of inspiration and dreams. From an early age, his dream was to play for the Arizona Razorbacks as a walk-on. And he made it there and made it much farther. In fact, all the way to the NFL. His story and that of his brother Marty are told in the film Greater, starring Neil McDonough. And I mentioned this film on Monday's show, and Marty joins us now for a little extra sauce. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. It's a pleasure. I guess I'd ask first if you're happy with the job that local actor Neil McDonough did when portraying when he portrayed you. <laughs> Yes, I am, and, and uh, Neil's a good friend, and uh, got to know him very well. Just a super person, really cared um, a lot about the film, and uh, was all in. I know uh, he had mentioned uh, several times in interviews that once he had seen the script, read the script, uh, he was uh, very excited about uh, being offered the role. I am pretty obsessed with football-themed films, and... I have a pretty well-known list of, of favorites. Brian's song is right at the top. And, mm-hmm. um, yes. Then Remember the Titans mm-hmm. and Any Given Sunday. And um, the the list goes on. I, I haven't added one until very recently when I watched Greater last weekend. And I your family story is an amazing one. I, I think the film is, is, uh, is made that much better for me because it's a true story. And Brandon, you know, in the beginning of the film, maybe not. We, we're not sure whether he's going to be an athlete or not. And and uh, he he is struggling a little bit playing Pop Warner, and and uh, even struggled a little bit in high school. Is is is, is that accurate? Oh, very accurate, very accurate. Uh, I mean, I, when we go out and we we speak to a lot of a lot of school groups, things like that, and and young children and. One of the first things I, I always tell the group is you did not see an All-American football player when he was around 9 or 10 years old. That was the furthest thing from your thoughts. I mean, he was just like any other kid, and that's that's just, you know, one thing we want to uh, tell these kids is, you know, he didn't start out. You didn't say, oh, here this, this guy's so focused. He's got it all together. He's going to be great. He's going to go far. It's just like any other child at that age, undisciplined, just, you know, uh, Brandon's a little overweight and kind of just a normal kid. And uh, the way it's depicted in the film, I was I was a little little tough on him when he was younger. I wanted him to have a little motivation, which he didn't have a lot. But, boy, I tell you what, as he got older and matured and 
he just owned it and and uh, and and became you know uh, the great player in person you know that he became. How um, how early on was it a dream of his? to play football at Arkansas, to be a Razorback. Yeah, and, you know, if you're not from the area, if you're not from Arkansas, uh, you, you wouldn't, you know, you, you sounds kind of crazy. You wouldn't understand, but you wouldn't. You know, in, in, in Arkansas, we have no, I guess you could say the closest thing we have to a pro team would be the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but uh, Razorbacks, that's everything in Arkansas. Every young child that has any... Uh, dream of playing uh athletics at all it's it's all about razorbacks so from a very very young age uh, he he wanted to be a razorback just as it's you know depicted there in the film so in high school brandon's dream is to make it to the razorbacks but that was not an easy thing for your mom to accomplish and you in fact as his brother were somewhat uh, discouraging that goal right yeah, somewhat. A little bit of that movie, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give give it that. I had to, I had to give it take a little bit with some of the script. I might have been more encouraging than than what's depicted, but it makes a lot better movie that way. But yeah, yeah but uh, you know the, the way movies are made, we've learned over the years is you can't develop a lot of characters. So some of my doubts were maybe maybe doubts of other people. Uh, around other family members, more distant relatives. But he did get a lot of discouragement. We got a lot of discouragement, uh, even in our hometown, a lot of doubt. Uh, people would tell uh, tell me, and you know, so he's going to try to play over there. So, you, you know, and he was, it, it was just sort of, you know, like, well, that's nice wish. You know, that's not going to happen. You know, you mentioned motivation earlier, and then now all this discouragement. What was the biggest challenge? for you with Brandon, because you were such a huge part of it. Uh, what was your biggest challenge in motivating him, and how did you overcome that? Yeah, well, when he was, like we like in the movie, you know, when he was younger, he was just, just a regular kid, and, and uh, I coached junior high baseball back then, and I had no kids of my own, and uh, that's the way the league was back then. It was a very competitive league, so I would have him come out and work out with my team when he was 10 or 11 years old, when he got old enough, he would be and uh, he moved up to actually play on my team. I would have him come out and work out with our team because I wanted him to run sprints with us at the end of the practice. So you know, I was always trying, trying to trying to push him to be more mature than really his age would allow or needed to be. But you know, I, my wife and I said so. We were great parents, you know, before we had kids. We knew it all, and that's kind of the. That's it's about the way I was, but I actually need you to force me to run some sprints. If, if you're, <laughs> I think I need to. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, Brandon, we had uh, he got up into our league, and uh, you know, we there's there's a rule in in the league. You you got a, uh, a bat once, you got to bat every player once and play two innings in the field. I told him, I said, that's the rules. But if you don't do like I want you to do, you know, that's not going to, that's not the rules with us because your family. Uh, so I was having him lose a little weight every week and he would do it. So the Arkansas coaches allow him to be a walk on and your mom mortgages the house in order to pay for that one year. He then has to struggle to make the team. And how, when was it clear to you that he was going to make it and his dream of playing for Arkansas was going to become a reality? 
once he got on campus, and the crazy thing was, you know, he he really it was tough on him that that first you know uh, two a days uh, because he had gained so much weight, and at that time Arkansas still had the old astroturf on the field. It was yep. like the last year, and it was over a hundred degrees in August. So he's out there. He graduated uh, at seventeen years old, and so he's over three hundred pounds out there just suffering. Um, but once, when I would attend practices, you could see the coaches were working with him. You could see he, he had, was gaining the respect of his teammates. That's when you you sort of knew that okay, this is you know this is going to work because at that time I, we knew I knew I mean most everyone around our hometown of Harrison knew that he had the ability to play and actually we felt should have been on scholarship, but. Uh, uh, you could see he he without speaking a word uh, would always went over uh, the coaches, the teammates, wherever wherever uh, he went. When there's a coaching change, new coach would come in, and it didn't take very long for they they saw you know they saw what they had there. Brandon became an All American, and then is drafted by the Colts, goes to minicamp, and in the film. We see the the Colts coaching staff tell him that he is going to start as a rookie. That must have been an amazing day for him and for your family. Oh, it, it was, and we you know we picked him up. Mom and I picked him up at the airport, and uh, and he was he was telling us what all the coaches said, and he said I'm I'm starting. Said they told me I'm starting right away. So I mean we were you're just on cloud nine i mean it's just incredible one thing you've uh you've followed him all through his college career and then it's over but you know with brandon there's a next step and we're and we're going to be uh you know being able to watch him play you know at the nfl level and that's something he'd worked so hard for after being told that at minicamp that he would be starting in the nfl on April 28, 1999, he began a trip home to visit your mom. Mm-hmm. And on the way, Brandon lost his life. And I I think it's easy when watching this film to wonder about the family's reaction to that. And the film portrays it almost as if, um, in your mom's case anyway, she was happy that that he had achieved those amazing goals that he had. It, you maybe maybe not so much, but did you did you feel like that you were robbed? The NFL was robbed. Your your brother was robbed, or do you feel like his story of 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 uh, from where he came to being a walk on at Arkansas to making it to the NFL is, is indeed achieving his dreams? At that time, you know, it was just a gut punch. You felt, uh, yeah, you felt cheated. You, uh, you felt uh, that it was unfair. And uh, the uh, the producer and the director who wrote the script, and the, the script had gone through so many rewrites, uh, they nailed it. I mean, they really nailed it uh, because it, you you think here's a guy that's worked so hard. What what is the fairness in this? Uh, 
for him to finally, you know, he's had to just work himself to death to get where he was, and now it's finally not handed to him, but from all the work he's done, he's earned this, and then he's gone. There's an expression that I love, which is, I believed I could, and so I did. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if if, uh, if that is your brother's legacy, in a sense. It, it is. Uh, it really is, because uh, he believed in himself. One thing, he had a very strong faith, but he believed in himself. And uh, like in the film, uh, which was very true, Coach Tice had told him, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, it only matters what you think. And he, that's what he went by. And uh, so he believed in himself. He worked hard. I would talk to him almost every night at 10 minutes after 10 on the phone when he was in college and uh, during during practice, during football season. And I would ask him, even in the early time, ask him how to go today. He'd tell me what drills they did. And, and I never once heard him say, this is too hard. I don't think I can do it. This is, you know, I'm about to die out there on the field. He just, that just wasn't him. It was just next step, so goal-oriented, and he just bought into that. And uh, that's that's kind of Brandon's message, Brandon's legacy, and uh, we're very proud of that. The film is called Greater. It's the story of Brandon Burlesworth and Marty Burlesworth. And, Marty, thank you for taking the time to be on Extra Sauce with us this week. All right, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. This week's Radio Gold Extra Sauce is a listener named Taylor and her dad, Jeff, who will probably never forget the moment that he joined us for a game we call Father Knows Best. I, I would say, Shu, that this is every father's nightmare. Yes, being a father myself, as well as you, yeah. I, I can't even imagine participating in this. Although it was for Red Sox tickets at the time. Was it for Sox I, tickets? I, I yeah. may do that for Sox you, tickets. You would do that? I yeah. don't know. It's so It gets pretty awkward. It, it does. Uh, Jeff has a unique way of describing the missionary position and uh, and other things. So we'll flash back a little Radio Gold extra sauce with Taylor and her dad, Jeff, and the game called Father Knows Best. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Well, awesome. um, Great name. Where, where, where are you from, Taylor? I'm from Worcester. Okay. And, and how old are you? 23. 23 years old, and your dad is Jeff. You're, are you, what are you doing right now? Are you driving to work, or where are you? Me? I'm driving to work. You're driving to work. Okay, and where is your dad? He's at home. Okay, and do you guys know each other pretty well? Uh, I think so. I don't know as well as some of the questions asked. But okay, all right. Well, let's see what, well. um, let's see how well Jeff knows you. Hello, hey, Jeff. <laughs> yes. How are you? <laughs> Good, how are you? Doing great, Jeff. What are you doing this morning? Nothing, sitting around. Just ha- hanging around? Yes. All right. How old are you, Jeff? 63. 63 years old. Do you still work? Or are you retired? Well, I'm on a disability right now. Disability. All right. What, did, what, was, what was your job? I was a cook most of my life. A cook? Oh, All right. Baby. Excellent. Well, say hi to your lovely daughter, Taylor. Hello, Taylor. Hi. <laughs> That now, uh, nervousness already. Yeah, uh, don't be nervous. This will be this will be fine. We're gonna it's harmless. F- we're gonna find out how well Jeff. You think you know your daughter Taylor pretty well? I think so. Okay. Uh, now, do you guys? Is she still live with you, or she moved out? No, no, she's moved out. She's moved out. Okay. All right. Um. So we have some Red Sox tickets for you on the line, Jeff. 
And okay. and uh, we have seven questions. And if you do pretty well, uh, we're going to give you the tickets, okay? Okay. All right. Here we go. Jeff, what was the age at which your daughter Taylor lost her virginity? Uh, I think it was 16. It was, it was 16. <laughs> Taylor, is that right? No. <laughs> it was that, Jeff, she was actually a little bit more innocent than you thought. It was 18, right? <laughs> Right, isn't that the, you're just praying he, he's just sitting there going, please don't say twelve and a half. Um Jeff, do you know where it happened? Uh not really, no. Well you want to take a guess? I think it hold him. It would uh, but like, <laughs> what, like what, what was what was the location? Where where like where where was it? Uh, I think it was a her boyfriend's house. That's right, Taylor. Right? It was at the boyfriend's yeah. house. Yeah. What did you Better think? Work, of, pops. What did you think of that guy, Jeff? Did you like him, or did you know he was trouble? No, right I did from, not. No, you did not. And you, you especially don't like him now. Right? No. Um, Jeff, where is the strangest place that Taylor has ever had sex? Oh, <laughs> oh I'm hurting. I know. I'm hurting. I know. I'm having so a breakfast sandwich because I know I don't have to talk to this. That, that was... Jeff. The strangest place, huh? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, can you take a guess? This one's going to hurt, by the way. A uh, couch? Couch? A no. Backseat back back of... Uh... No. Taylor, <laughs> could you could you tell uh, your dad where the strangest place was? Um, <laughs> a churchyard. A churchyard. Oh, no. A ch- are, you, are you a religious man, Jeff? What was the age, Jeff, that your daughter Taylor had her first drink of alcohol? Her first drink of alcohol? Yeah. Um, probably 16. 16. Well, again, she was better than you thought, right, Taylor? It was when you were 17, 17 yes. years old. And, um, okay. Jeff, what kind of alcohol do you think she had for her first drink? Uh, I don't know, some kind of mixed drink. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess I don't know her that well. Taylor, I believe it was a wine cooler, correct? Oh. Yeah. Bartles and James? Bartles and James. Calypso Cooler? Jeff, has, has Taylor ever stolen anything? Yes, she has. Oh, what what was it? I think it was jewelry. Oh, it was, Taylor, is that right? No. What was? What did you steal? Makeup. 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 Well, I mean, same no, aisle. That's a typical. You go by the yeah. jewelry to get yeah. to the makeup. Same, same aisle. Yeah, it's close. You guys are. Like you guys are doing pretty well, Jeff. You're hanging in there pretty well for a, for a father. I mean. <laughs> Um, now, if you nail this one, then you're going to get the Red, the Red Sox tickets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even uh, I'm having trouble. I know. Huh? I know. You want I know, me to ask I it? No, I, right. I think I can do it. You want Kathy to ask? Uh, <laughs> uh, Jeff? Yes? What is your daughter's favorite sexual position? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. LB's eyes are bleeding. Oh. If I'm freaked out, that's crazy. I think it's traditional. Tra- 
traditional—that's a, a new new term. For traditional. It. I, by, by traditional, would, would, does that mean <laughs> does that mean missionary? Yes, she would be on the bottom. <laughs> Taylor, that's correct, right? Yes. Yes. Yay. I gotta tell you, you nailed the last one. <laughs> I gotta tell you, it's really, it is, it's really fantastic. Jeff, you're gonna go, you're gonna go to a a Red Sox game, and Taylor, we're gonna hook you up too, okay? So happy, you guys are awesome. Happy, happy Father's Day to the both of you, okay? Thank you, Jeff. I hope everything is your heart okay. Are you dead? How many heart problems? All right. If there's a favorite Hillman morning show moment that you'd like to hear again <laughs> as Radio Gold Extra Sauce, then you can hit me up, oh. as the kids would say, on the social platforms, Twitter, Instagram, or or call the show or text the show, and we'd be happy to play it during an upcoming episode. Or of, write us a note. Uh, or, yes, you could send you us a... You write us a letter yes. once in a while. And we'd be happy to play it. <laughs> On an upcoming episode of Extra Sauce. Thanks to my colleagues, Danielle and Mike Shu, and thanks to you for listening. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.